So hey, how you been? What up? Well, man, uh, it's been it's been weird, but fine. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. You feeling you feeling better, dude? Because last time I saw you, you were like, Ugh. you 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 looked like you belonged in a horror game, man. You were, <laughs> I, yeah, I was you destroyed. Were not man. well. It was it was this flu that came from the coast, you know. Like it was destroying, devastating my whole city. The countryside got eaten by the flu, man. Seriously. Fucking hell. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're better, dude. I'm glad that you're better. Thanks, and man. I appreciate, Thanks. I appreciate you trying to do the show but <laughs> that day, but damn, dude, when you're sick, you're sick. I, I, All right. So I'm, glad, I'm glad you got some rest. No problem. So, um, let's, uh, let's, okay, so here, here's the thing, dude. I've been kind of struggling with this, and so I wanted some, I wanted to hear your thoughts, right? Okay, okay. Because I'm running a, uh, I'm running a, a horror game right now. I'm running The Void for my friends, and it's like this investigative horror thing. And it's like, you know, there's, you know, it's 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 your standard Cthulhu thing, really. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, here there's some shit going on, but it looks like it might just be this normal banal thing, but you know, you suspect maybe maybe not. Um, and I'm kind of wondering, like. I feel like in order for a role-playing game to kind of like transcend just uh, entertainment and become more of like a like artistic kind of expression, I almost feel like it needs to have a like a driving meaning behind it. Like the story, the story has to have a point. You okay. Know what I'm okay. Yes. Yes. I feel you, man. Continue. And I'm kind of like, I mean, I'm kind of wondering, is my game that I'm running right now um, does it have a point? Or is it just stuff happening? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do? Do you do games that have, like, a meaning, like, a deeper meaning to them? Or do you just do kind of, like, soap operas where it's just, like, a series of connected events? <laughs> this is this is uh, weird because, you know, Brazil is, like, the like one of the cribs of soap operas, right? Like, Mexico. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Is it? Yes. Um, I mean, I think I think America has sort of a fascination with soap opera right now, because I mean, when you look at say like uh, Game of Thrones, okay, Game of Thrones is essentially a soap opera. It has <laughs> totally. no, it, ha- it has no point of view. It has no deeper meaning. It's just like every every episode's a cliffhanger. Every season finale is a cliffhanger. It's just it's just kind of like it's only about what happens. It's not about anything else. Does that make I sense? I totally agree, man. I totally agree. I I know what you you're trying to say here uh, when when you say like what what's the point of this game? Yeah. You know what, what? Like, are you just simply playing for for like the 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 when you have like a, a free time because you want to have fun, or like would you like to transform the gaming time into like this? cool and weird experience of like extracting deep and philosophical meanings from it is is that what mm-hmm. you're trying okay that's so- exactly what i'm saying so right. what do you do do you what i mean like do you let if if something like that were to come out of one of your games is it like by accident or is it by design well i guess it, it really depends on the group that i'm playing and what the people around the table are into playing at that moment because for example the cult game that we that we've been playing like every every 15 days on Tuesdays 
Be well, I try to extract from the players um, like this weird feeling because I, I really want them to be connected, not to, not to the story, but to the problems that I am putting inside the story. You know, I don't want them to simply like play or role play their characters. I think it's in this, in some cases like this one, it is important like to, to really show like something for them to be um, engaged, you know, like something really philosophical about it, like uh, like a moral problem, you know, like to, to make them like discuss about it, maybe even suffer to choose the right choice. Because otherwise, man, it will be like simply spending time, maybe laughing, you know, rolling dice. And, and I don't know. That's not my kind of game, you know. So, so how do you push that then? Like, how do you push that feeling? Like, I mean, I'd, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think, I think during the preparation, well, first of all, I talk to them, right? I, I have to check if all my players are into that kind of thing. Because if, like, uh, three of the players are and two of the players are not, then it can be, like, a, a really, like, a mess, you know? Uh, some of them, yeah. Will, yeah, some of them will enjoy. The other ones will be like, oh, shit, this is, uh, I'd rather be, like, watching soccer matches or something. So, no, man, I, I think we have to, to talk to the players and see if everybody is engaged, everybody is, like, Thinking about the same thing, if they expect the same kind of uh, fun, if we can call that fun. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, it's fun. That's uh, fun for me, too. Yeah, yeah. So if everybody is, like, okay for it, then the thing gets real, you know? Uh, during the preparation of the game, doesn't really matter the system, you know? You can adapt to that. But during the preparation for the, for, for the game session, I would think about their characters uh and the situation that in which they would be and then i try to um take things that would happen in our daily routine and transform that into a difficult moral choice for them something that they would struggle to choose you know i see so you come up with almost kind of like moral conundrums yeah like i really like that tests. shit yeah i really like that man yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good and when that's you have good. when you can when you can transform that thing into horror is even better because then the characters like are feeling are, they can they might be feeling bad because of their choices for example if you, right. if you if you create like this moral uh impasse in which the Bad, the better option is really bad they will have to spend some time to think about what would be uh the best thing you know yeah and i think that sometimes i've seen that in like vampire games where that i mean and i think it's a risk that you take but i think it also makes for really rewarding role playing sure is that sometimes that will really uh kind of like challenge the party dynamic, you know? Mm -hmm. Because you'll get you'll get people who feel strongly about one course of action and then people who feel equally strongly about another one. And then you'll see people get really tense like in game, like PVP style where they're just like like the the moral the moral outcome is very important to the characters. And that's that I think that's rewarding role playing, but 
I have heard people say things like, "Well, after all that, I don't see how my character can be part of this party anymore." <laughs> I have, I have, heard, I have heard that. So, well, you know, I mean, it's the risk that you run. Um, I, I think that a uh, a talented GM can mm-hmm. take that kind of dissatisfaction with the direction that the party's taken and turn it into some cool in-game conflict. Sure. Where it's like it's like oh you you want out of the party but you can't get out of the party you know what I'm saying because something and is that, like like bounding you to the party or something like that exactly exactly um or you know you flash forward like weeks or months or years or something and it's like now you guys have to work together again but you're still upset with one another about how things worked out the last time um what what uh are some what are some like what are the like things that you like to put into the game? Like what drives you? What are the what are the um the tough choices that you like to present the characters with? Oh man, just uh, in your personal style. Um I think one of the things that I like the most to put in like games <clears throat> so so the players have to make a choice is something that would affect their their existence, maybe even their lives. But something better than that is when I create like a situation that offers danger to someone, their character uh, love, you know? For example, families or um, any kind of relationship, actually. Because then you were... Because there are two things that are very bad when you're playing in life and when you're playing uh, a character in role-playing games. One one of them is death. Dying, it's bad for everybody. Everybody who plays RPG thinks dying is bad. I'm not talking about the guys who, who like to play, um, who like to play DCC. Okay, that's normal for them. But <laughs> yeah, truth. <laughs> but like yeah, they they love it. Yeah, when, when you when you're playing another game, not this one, uh, you tend to create a character that. You put some love and effort when you're creating it. You know, it's imp- it's kind of important for you. You don't want him to die. So death is something that might present to the to the players a good challenge. But worse than death, if if the player are really bounded to the character he created, you know, really into the character, then worse than dying is when you put someone who uh, his character love in danger. And if you put yeah. two of them in danger, like you have to choose between one of them, dude, then it's really it's really possible to fuck the mind of the player up, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really yeah, I like no I doubt. like those I like those kinds of things, man. I used to like to give the players a uh like a little a little hideout kinda. Not maybe not a hideout, but like a place where they would gather and then um, put that in jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I, I played a lot of vampire, and you could represent that statistically as a thing called, like, a haven, or uh, oftentimes the characters will own, like, nightclubs or bars or something. And um, when you put that in jeopardy, that usually, like, you know, fires them up pretty quick. But probably not. I mean, that's, that's probably, I, I don't know, I'm obviously off topic here, because that's not, like, a moral thing. Like, oh, it depends, right? Usually, it, it really depends. Dep- I mean, it gets them worked up emotionally, but it's not. Uh, 
It's, I mean, like, oh, it's just stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's just things. Oh, okay. I see what you're at saying. The end of the, at the end of the day. You see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Something, something that would be also interesting is when... <laughs> this, this might be interesting, like, positively or negatively to the players on your table. When you, when you create a situation in which one of the characters... Uh, let's imagine a situation that... Because we, we're talking about vampires or, like, urban horror... Well, let's put this into like a dungeon situation, okay? Sure, uh, sure. And then one, you create this situation in, in which one of the characters have to choose between uh, all the gold that uh, they found inside this dungeon or saving one of his friends from the party. Now, this can, this can, <laughs> uh, this can, <laughs> this can result in different uh, situations depending on uh, how... For how long your players n know each other, you know? For example, oh, yeah. if, if you've been playing like a long uh, campaign or something, the, the result of the situation will be completely different if it's like a one shot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, in a one, a one shot is almost like, um, if, as long as we're talking about morality and moral choices and stuff, like the, the one shot, especially the convention one shot, is almost like a weird kind of virtual reality simulator for like the, uh, what happens when people are in a situation where they don't think there's any consequences. Exactly, you know? exactly. Just, you know? Yeah. When it, when, I, I will never forget the time that I played uh, DCC with uh, Diogo Nogueira in one of the events we have in Brazil. And I was spending lucky as it was nothing because it wasn't one shot. So, uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> so that that's basically what happened, man. Like, right? I I think it's it's so much more difficult to to like present those those topics, you know, moral choices and this kind of horror into one shots than in actual campaigns. What do you think about it? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so there's that. Um there's that uh what's it called it's called rusted veins or whatever it was the uh like the beta play test for vampire the masquerade fifth the you know okay a year or so ago adam and i went to gen Con and we ran that like a whole bunch of times and um that's an interesting game because the whole crux of that game is like a moral quandary and and and, and it's a one shot actually to be totes honest um there's a couple of the... Uh, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Uh, there's a couple one-shots for uh, Trail of Cthulhu that also sort of end with a moral quandary of, like, what do you do? Like, presented with, like, these <clears throat> kind of questions of, like, good or... You're not... In, in all of those games, because they're all horror games, there's never, like, a good option. It's always, like... um bad or worse you know and yes. um so seeing how players in those in those games struggled with each one was fascinating hmm. you also get you also it's kind of interesting when you're doing the con game you get these guys who are like really used to uh like fantasy gaming you yes, know? yes. And they yes. and they want there to be uh, an answer that makes sense at the end of all of it. And um, usually that answer that makes sense involves killing something. You know? <laughs> totally. <And> so, they'll, <laughs> so they'll like take, uh, they'll be like, oh, 
Well, the the there is no good or bad answer here. There is no good or bad dichotomy. It's bad and worse. So the only way that I, as a player, can reconcile that is if I'm if, if I inflict a bunch of violence at the end, <laughs> and I'm and I'm some kind of re- re- retributor. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, I, I, yeah, I totally see that, man. What's great about it though is is that you get to watch how unsatisfying that is to them, because in the context of the horror game, even if they manage to kill the person and get their big revenge or whatever, they never feel good about it. They always are kind of like, they always have this look on their face like, fuck, you know? Which is sort of like, I think, how you're supposed to feel at the end of a horror game. Kind of grossed out, you know? Yes. That's just me. Um, and I, I, think- and I, I saw that with both of, the, with both of those uh, pre, pre-gens that I ran. It was, it, you know, that definitely happened in each one. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I think in horror gaming, any kind of horror gaming, actually, if, if you're playing like the like D&D horror or uh, urban horror, like cult or even vampire, the masquerade. The thing is, when you're playing horror, it's really difficult to find space for like being heroic or really using violence uh, to save you or something, you know? Uh, I think, I, I, I say this as a GM, okay? I think, sure. I think horror gaming, it's so much more about... Uh, feelings, uh, emotions, and trying to cause like this bad feeling into players, much more about that than actually uh, violence. Like violence in, in, in the way that characters are, are causing violence to bad people or something. Because I, don't, I, I might be wrong about this, but I feel like, at least in Brazil, I feel like most... RPG players are very used to uh, 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 fantasy gaming. So when you introduce something new as any kind of horror gaming for them, they would expect something as fantasy gaming. Just like you said, you know, not not, yeah. ju- not just like in cons, but at here at least here in Brazil again. Uh, but in general, for example, if if you try to run a cult game to a to a group that has ever played like Dungeons and Dragons, they wouldn't adapt in the first or second game. You know, they would play as they would be playing like Dungeons and Dragons. You know, so I, I think that's the most challenging part of horror gaming, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's kind of like getting people in that in that headspace, getting them to where they can kind of like experience it. You know, yes. Um, to like uh, getting them into a spot where they allow themselves to feel. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think maybe that's one of the things that I'm kind of struggling with in my my void game right now. Is I mean, we only have done two complete sessions. We got another session coming up tomorrow, and I'm just trying to, you know, now we'll be on session three, and I'm just kind of trying to shape it. I'm kind of trying to shape the experience so that it has a certain feel. Okay. Because we're in the early days, you know, and I don't want it to like turn into something that it's not, you know. I don't want it to turn into like, like wacky adventures. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, I that's know. like my my classic thing. I know. Something. Let me let me let me introduce a new topic here now. Oh so, yeah, go for it. Something that something that I think it will be also interesting to to develop in a horror gaming 
is the daily situations in which we pass and the things that are present in our daily routine. Uh, everything. I mean, from the, the cop that is like roaming the streets to the government. All those things can be like, uh, if a GM, if a, if a GM it knows what he's doing, he can use those things to create like ter like terrible situations, like in any kind of horror gaming, like m mostly oh, yeah. uh, mostly urban, right? Uh, when I'm telling, I'm saying horror gaming. Oh, uh, you, urban. you know, I think you can you can do that with rural gaming. I think. Okay. Like, uh, you know, I mean the the kind of like. A classic character that you encounter in like Stephen King novels is like the small-minded sheriff. All right. You know? Yes. Yes. Like this, yes. Like the small-minded sheriff who's like leaning on you all the time and always kind of showing up, like because he's following you around and yeah. he has preconceived notions about who you are because of like the color of your skin or the way that you're dressed, and then like. It, his his constant meddling makes everything more difficult and presents a sort of like tyranny of suspicion all in its own you know that's like a great character for really driving like an atmosphere of oppression that has nothing to do with like you know a vampire jumping out of a fucking crypt and killing you you know what i'm saying totally man and and this is a good example because from most of the books and movies that I've seen uh, based on Stephen King's, uh, well, movies that are based on Stephen King's books and books, the, the sheriff figure is, like, so terrifying. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's it's weird, and it it makes people, like, fear, f feel fear for real, you know? His behavior, yeah. everything, man, everything. It's crazy. And it's, it's like, something... That would be like in our daily routine. It's something like I don't know the word for that, but simple maybe something that you, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was uh, just at, talking to um, Mateus who mm -hmm. does uh, Red Moon role playing. Okay. And he was talking. I mean, I, I feel like this is kind of spoiler here because <laughs> that episode that episode is not going to come out for a few days, but maybe it's more of a teaser for those who listen to this, but. <laughs> He was talking about some of the things that he really does to convey an element of horror, and uh, I thought his um, his take was so solid when he was talking about um, make sure that the like banal details of ordinary life yes. are realistic in the background of your game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we talked like, about this like the first time we talked about horror gaming. You, oh, did we? Yeah, we. we you, oh. gave, you you gave me like a, you gave me a great lesson about that. Like I I will never forget about the pub. You know, like describe the details that are like. Oh you, right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I I, I sometimes just forget what I say, but like <laughs> that's called that's called age, man. That's called age. Uh, <laughs> you ain't kidding. You ain't kidding, dog. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean like uh the like a sense of the of grounded realism yeah. is so impactful when the phantasmagoria starts, you know? Yes. Like when when everything starts getting all bonkers, it, you have to have that contrast and that relief. And um so I mean I you know, I I guess I guess I'll just say it again. I I don't think you can understate the importance of establishing a believable mundane reality when you 
start doing one of these games, right? No, totally. I, I would say even more. I would say that if you start like describing things that are, that are happening that that doesn't really match to reality, like but a, a bunch of them at the same time in the same scene, it won't it won't be scary. It will be like cartoonish. Yeah, comical. Yeah, comical. comical, comical, man. It, yeah, it, it's it's better when you describe like what's the word banal, banal, right? Mm, yeah, banal. Yeah, ban- banal. Yeah, banal things that you will find in, in in like in reality in your routine, then extrapolating things and describing a lot of shit like that doesn't really exist, you know. Yeah, this is this is great, dude. I'm all fired up to role play. I I I don't have enough hours in the day. All the games I want to run. It's just like it's crazy, you know. <laughs> totally it's nuts. I feel it's nuts. the same. So are you? You're doing cult right now, right? I am, man. Uh, How's that going? Well, my shit just it just it just said it shipped. So I'm getting my shit here, dude. It's on its way. I'm thinking because it's it just shipped from like fucking Halifax in yes. the UK or some shit. Yes. So I'm thinking in like 10 days, 10, 14 days, it'll be here. I'm so stoked. It's so crazy because I've been waiting for it for two years. And now that 14 days, it's like 14 days before Christmas. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I just want it so bad. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel the same because they sent me an email asking me for my ID because here in Brazil, we need to pass your ID. To receive your packages or something like that so i know oh, that they're yeah. sending mine too i'm really happy man oh, really happy. yeah <laughs> so exciting yes but about the game um we, we i think we play only once since last time we talked and it it was the time it was the game to for every character to meet with each other because they started in different oh, places yeah. you know it was so cool, man. It was so cool. Seriously. It went well? Yeah. They f- no. No. This is the best part. So they, they found out that they are relatives and they, they met at the grand-grandfather, father's house because he's dying and, he, and they are all going to inher- inherit something from him. So... Now the weird things are starting. No, the oh, next. Oh, that is so, that is so sick. I yeah. fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. That is such a great story seed. You could write that as like a two sentence story seed, and it's just like boom, go. It, it'll be you so know? cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, and and like the the next game, the game that we were, we were supposed to play uh, tomorrow, but we'll have to to play like in in actually uh, fifteen days again. We're not playing this week. But the next game is so it's like seriously sick, man. Uh, I don't think people people who uh, have lots of triggers would like would be able to watch the next game because it would be like, Ugh, wow. yeah. Can't give, Can't give any spoilers. Can't give any spoilers. No, no, no spoilers. No spoilers. I think some of my listeners or some of my players listen to this, so I'm not gonna spoil what's. Going on in uh, the void. The void. I, I am. I am I excited to know about what's happening in the void. Seriously. I I, I kind of want to start writing it down and just like posting it up on the FMRPG page. Oh, that would be uh, so cool, man! Seriously, that would be so cool. So people can follow along. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I just need. This is uh, one of the countless things I need to do. But so 
Uh, the thing is, is I'm kind of discovering Google Docs. I guess this is how people <laughs> like. I guess this is. I mean, I use them for work all the time. Duh. I use them for my writing. Yeah. And then somebody was talking on a different podcast about like, oh yeah, I use Google Docs for all the NPCs, <laughs> so that like the, the players can just go on the Google Doc and remind themselves who all the NPCs are. And I was like, God damn it! Mm-hmm. That's so fucking yes, good. Yes, very good, like, man. Especially when you're doing investigative horror, you know, there's like a billion NPCs. There's a billion, you know, because yes. it's just like, I, I, I run my investigative horror a little bit like a James McElroy novel where there's like, there's like 900 cops, you know, oh, there's, Jesus like, there's like, there's like <laughs> the, the two detectives and then a bunch of beat cops and then like the head of the precinct and then some more detectives and all this kind of crap. So it's just like, um, it's just a lot to manage. It's a lot for them to manage. So I need to get that on on the Google Doc. And then once it's on the Google Doc, there's no reason why I can't just post that up on, on the FMRPG page so people can oh, sure. read it, you know? Sure, sure. You should, man. I'll be glad to read. I mean, I'm, I'm awesome, really curious man. about it. As soon, as soon as I get that together, I'll let you know, man. All right. Well, dude, it's about that time. It's always good talking to you, man. Yeah, yeah. This is like the the best time to to. It, I told you it would be it would be better if it was in a real pub, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We recorded an episode of FMRPG yesterday that was in a pub, and it was so sick. I was just like, "Fuck!" Wow. I'm thinking maybe we might just try. I mean, there's gonna be so much background noise. It's like, like people yelling at the TV, and you can hear the clatter of the glasses and stuff. And I'm just like, "Oh my god!" I'm kind. I I'm. I'm thinking about asking uh, Heather and Adam if they want to just record up there all the time. Because, I mean, uh-huh. I, I love that shit. That's just, but that's just me, you know. No, that's okay, we'll man. There is, a, there is a channel here now that I'm part of uh, here in Brazil about RPG. Uh-huh. And they sometimes they record videos in pubs in Sao Paulo, you know, uh, restaurants. And they call, because the name, the name of the, the channel translated to English is House Rules, right? Yeah, so nice. When they when they they record in pubs and, and restaurants, the pro, the the show is called uh, Street Rules. So they go to those places to discuss <laughs> about role playing game, man. It's great. You can listen. You can listen to the yeah. background, but depending on the microphone you use, it, it, it it's great. It's great. Seriously, <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, um, so what you want me to begin two weeks this again? Sure, that would be crazy good, man. Right on, buddy. Well, that sounds good. All right, dude. You have a good night. You too, man. See you.